The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. be anointed to hear every heart receptive receive all that you have today we pray in Jesus name and everyone said amen. amen what I'm going to do this morning and then I'll continue tonight and Wednesday night because one of the things that I've noticed in the past two years why do you think the name of the conference was called unshakable because the Lord spoke to me we had to get people on a firm footing and I want to talk to you about the firm foundation because it's very important. Once you know the foundation, you're not going to be moved. And each person has to know that for themselves. Except when circumstances come and storms come, people begin to question even the foundation. For example, this whole pavilion has been structurally put into the ground with tons and tons of steel and concrete that this structure can withstand a Cat 5 hurricane and the fabric at Category 3. So I know no matter what happens, the structure will be here. Are you with me? I'm not going to sit and worry. I, I, I wonder if this place is going to blow away. Why? Because we were here at the foundation. We know where the foundation is. And just because somebody doesn't believe in the foundation doesn't mean to say they're going to change anything. You can stand over there and shout at the steel beams. You can shout at the concrete all you want to. It's not going to go anywhere. And thank God that there's a firm foundation for his people in the hour that we're living in. So something that was quickened to me, and even that's why we decided to share this morning, even during the teaching on stewardship, but... One of the things I'm so happy that the Lord had me do this over and over. I mean, week after week, months ago. So it's not like I'm doing a knee-jerk reaction. I'm just putting it out there for the people that are trying to contact me. Well, what do you think? Well, obviously, you don't follow me. Because if you followed me, you wouldn't even ask a dumb, stupid question. What do I think? Like suddenly, I hit my head on the, on the sideboard, and now I, oh, you know what? That's right. Because the person I am, I would dissolve everything and send it all to the partners. I mean, that's just the way I am. If you are that far off, number one, if you're that far off, why would anybody trust anything coming out of your mouth ever again? Say, I don't believe nothing, man. I'm sorry. It's like the politicians. Why would you trust anything that comes out of the mouth of a politician? Why? Why? You know they lie. How do you know they lie? Every time their mouth is moving, they're lying. And unfortunately, it looks to me that a lot of preachers are being lying. Or, not that they've been lying, is that they actually didn't even believe what they were saying. Do you know there's a lot of ministers who never went to Bible school? They never had a grounding, and they never got a foundation. And so they launched in the ministry, and God blessed them, and the thing exploded. And now suddenly they can just throw away what they've been preaching because they never actually had a foundation. That's why the foundation is so important. That's why River University is so important, River Bible Institute, River School of Worship. And there's a lot of people... I'm telling you, they've come around you, and I said, you need to go to Bible school. No, I'm already busy in the ministry. I said, no, you need to go to Bible school. I'm, I'm t I said, I'm telling you, it's worth it to you to take the year or two or three off that will carry you for the next 30 years. If you don't get a foundation, you're going to be all over the place. You're going to be tossed to and fro, blown by every wind of doctrine that comes away. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, this is why the Word of God must be the plumb line for everything that we stand upon, 
not somebody's book. Hello? Somebody said, I read a book by this preacher. I'm sorry. I read the book called the Bible. Amen. 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 So we, we do books here at the ministry, but it's only to amplify what the Bible already says. Amen. We're not going to come up with something new from the first book of Imaginations, chapter 5 and verse 13. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Now, with doctrine, that means the very foundation of what you believe, what you base your belief upon. You know, I, talk, I love talking to atheists because they actually have more faith than Christians. Are you with me? I love talking to atheists because they, they don't believe there is a God. There is no God. Okay. So why don't you believe there is a God? Well, just don't. We believe in evolution. Oh, you do. Okay. So how did that happen then? Well, we were like an amoeba, and then over millions of years, we got a tail, and then we started swimming, and we became like a tadpole, and then over another hundred million years, we... <laughs> It takes more faith to believe that you would come like swamp gas, like an amoeba. Are you with me? Then to just believe in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, you know, light be. It, it takes more faith to believe. I said to the guy, you have more faith than me. He said, what do you mean? I said, you believe that we... <laughs> I said that that tadpole started walking and then grew brains. What, did they end up in Washington, D.C. after that? <laughs> they, have they have nothing to base their life on. One thing I know with plants, everything has to have plans. I mean, we're doing the balcony. You've got to have architects. You've got to have engineers. All the plans have to be laid out. Otherwise, everything comes out wrong. Well, God has given us the plans for our existence here on the earth. All Scripture is profitable for doctrine. And then he says for reproof, which means to bring correction, which I think that's the problem with the modern-day church is people don't like to be corrected. You know what the problem with the modern-day church is? People actually place more of importance on their thoughts than they do the Word of God. Hello? The problem with the modern-day church is people place more importance on their thoughts than they do on the Word of God. Well, I think this. Well, who cares what you think? What does God's Word say? Well, I think that. I think this. I'm sorry, your thought life is not the standard. It's not even the foundation. Because your thoughts change all the time. How many have changed your mind several times? Some of you change your mind several times even today. I'll sit over here. Oh, no, no, I'll go sit over here. That's a meeting. And there was a, a top preacher in the city, and he was sitting on the front row. And while I'm preaching, he started to pick his nose. <laughs> oh, this was like one of the major leaders in the city. Had a huge church. He had his finger, but it was right up his nose. I mean, it wasn't just like there. It was right up his nostril. And I stopped and looked at him, and he kept it there, and he kept digging. And I wondered what he was doing, and then I realized he was changing his mind manually. <laughs> Seriously, he was like the major leader in the city, and he had his finger right up. It was so far, I was concerned about where it might end up. Say, say this after me, my thoughts are not more important than the Word of God. 
So for reproof, for correction, this will line up with the Word of God. For instruction in righteousness, God's way of doing and being right. Why? That the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's why we're going to put the Word of God in you so that you're going to be fully equipped for every good work. Can you say amen? Now, first of all, the Word of God is true. It doesn't lie. You don't have to spiritualize it. God's Word is already spiritual. You have to practicalize it, if I can put it that way. And one of the problems that we deal with is we've got too many people, they're super spiritual. They super-spiritualize everything that God does. So now they adopt a super-spiritual way of thinking. You take it just in the natural with relationships, with, the, you know, somebody falls in love with a young lady. Now they're all super-spiritual. They've got to have a handwriting in the sky, marry Rose. Everything's super spiritual. Really, marriage is about falling in love with somebody. You like them, you want to be with them, and that's it. Well, what does God want? He would like you to fall in love with somebody. That's the foundation for any marriage. Are you with me? It's not just about a pretty face or somebody with a six-pack and biceps and whatever. All that changes. Forty years from now, you will have creases. You, you, Forty years from now, you look like you need ironing. When my wife married me, I had a six-pack. I ended up with a barrel. No, I hear people all the time, and they always spiritualize everything, quote like 17 scriptures about anything. And you can't even talk to them. Like, well, what's, uh, oh, I'll tell you the Lord's, the Word said, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, that's what you stand on. But you're not even spiritual now. You're just playing weird. I'm going to say this. I mean, we've got a lot of young ladies here want to get married. Well, No, they stop me, and they stop my wife. Find us a husband. Well, what are you asking for an arranged marriage here at the river? And then if it doesn't work out, then you're going to blame me the rest of your life? Pastor Rodney, he put us together. And then you get mad and leave the church. And then young men, find me a wife. What, you can't find a wife? The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. What's wrong with you? Are you blind? Is there something wrong with you you can't see? Open his eyes so he can see.
I want the word to be the center of my marriage. Well, it can. You're going to have to work that out when you get married. Hello. Marry a believer. Marry somebody on fire. Marry somebody who loves Jesus more than you do. Marry a soul winner. But marry your friend. Marry a friend. Marry somebody who's going to love you even when you're old and gray. Even when your teeth come out. No, not only are people super spiritual, they're arrogant. They, they actually think more highly of themselves than they ought to. Let me say this to all the young ladies here. Lower your expectation a little bit. Lord have mercy, the person you're waiting for has not even never been born. And some of you guys here, what are you looking for, Miss Universe? You look like the back end of a railway smash up. If you were a vehicle, they would go to rent a dent. So get over yourself. No, I see a lot of this in the church. And then you wonder, where the, there's no foundation. They have no foundation. They're living in law, law land. I knew what I wanted. I wanted, I wanted a wife. I didn't know what I was looking for. I, I thought I, would, I found somebody, but they dumped me. <laughs> they dumped me. So then I said, Lord, you show me who, who it is. And I walked in this room one day, and there was about 300 people. It was a Bible study on a Wednesday night. And I walked in, and there she stood in all of her glory. And I looked over. And when I saw her, the Lord said to me, that's your wife. Somebody said, well, I'd like the Lord to do that for me. He might not do that for you. And then you're going to miss out. Even if I didn't hear the voice of the Lord, I was still going to go over. Because she was pretty. And he finds a wife, finds a good thing. And when I looked up, I thought, there is a good thing over there. And I understand we've got a lot of dating rules here at River University, and I did that on purpose because I'm not going to have first-year men snatch a second-year student and go marry them and go off and live somewhere in the, in, in the Carolinas. I'll swat you. I'll knock you up the side of the head. They came here to study. They're going to finish school, and then you can get married. Amen. Amen. But then stop trying to super spiritualize. You don't have to walk up to the door. The Lord spoke to me about you. God gave me three scriptures for you. In actual fact, this morning when I woke up, an angel, the Lord, appeared to me and had your name in a special scroll. Let me just say this. Young ladies, if anybody does that around you, run from them. You don't want to marry them? He's a nut shop. He's a lunatic. And the same for the young ladies. You don't have to chase a young man down. If a young man's going to find you, he's going to find you. Well, allow yourself to actually be found. When somebody walks up to you to greet you, shabarabadarabah. Somebody said, why is he on this? Because that's a foundation. Marriage is a foundation for the rest of your life. And if your marriage is not strong, your children are going to be the same way. They're going to go copy what they see dad and mom doing. 
That's why some people are having a problem getting married because all they've seen is their father and their mother. That's why they have to get a fresh picture of what a godly marriage looks like. Can you say amen? Somebody said, I didn't know we were going to have a marriage seminar here this morning. I didn't know either. You do get tired of people grabbing you, pastor, find me a husband, pastor, find me a wife. What, what do you think I am? River Singles? Uh, what's those sites? River, River Mingle? I'm the head of River Mingle? <laughs> no, I ain't mingling in nothing. All right, so say this off to me. God's Word, God's Word. is a handbook for my life, from Genesis to Revelation, as I take his word and apply it in my life, his word covers every area of my life, and God's word is the foundation, a firm foundation. Now, here's another problem with people when they come around the Bible. They they feel that they found something that nobody else has. Like for 2,000 years, the church has been operating from the Word of God, but suddenly they have a revelation that the Apostle Paul didn't even know about. Now, Apostle Paul, he struggled with a lot of things, but he didn't have, you know, I got the latest computer software, I got a beautiful Bible study program, I got all these volumes. Paul never had that. And I was studying, and I found something he didn't know. No, you, you didn't find anything. You, you, you made it up. There is nothing new under the sun. Are you listening to me? There's nothing new. And I think a lot of this stuff comes because ministers are trying to be exclusive. If we get this revelation, then we'll carry something to the body of Christ that nobody else has. And you see that with many of the agencies, the television ministries, if you'll brand your ministry this way. I mean, <laughs> there are pe people that come around me said, we need to take your ministry to another level. I said, what level? No, we, we just feel we need, I said, I'm very happy with what's happening with the ministry. Well, if, we, if you'd allow us to come along, the first thing we get rid of is the joy. I've had people, yeah, yeah, we would get rid of the joy. The joy is so old, it's from the 90s. Oh, really? You didn't have to get it. Look at your face. You were around in the 90s and you didn't even get it. And look at your face now. You look like a museum specimen. Now, we, if we could, if we could, we would, we would, we would, Take your ministry and, and make it, and we remove the joy from your ministry. Because it is a little, you know, sort of embarrassing when people just sit there and fill with joy, and then they can't sit in their chair, and then they fall on the floor and roll on the ground. I mean, doctors and people, business people, acting all kinds of crazy. as though I'm offended by it. I'm not offended by joy. Why would I be offended by joy? I never came up with it myself. It was not even my idea. I'm actually a very serious person. I'm serious about what God's doing. It's not a game. Yeah, if we could just take the joy out. And then, and then what? And then what? If you have a problem with it, then go argue with God about it. People need joy. Second Timothy 1.20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Ooh, I found this verse. I'm so happy for you. 
Somebody else found it before you did. I've got new light on it. I've got new revelation nobody else has. No, you don't. Hebrews 4, verse 12, Kenneth S. Reese translation says, Actively alive is the Word of God, and energetic, and sharper than any two-edged sword, going, huh. it's, uh, are you, uh, <laughs> listen, do you understand, sharper than a two-edged sword. going through even to the unveiling of the soul and the mind and the joints and the marrow. And he's a sifter and the analyzer of the reflections and the conceptions of the heart. That's what the Word of God does, which in the King James says, he's, the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So it's only when you look into the Word of the mirror that you can actually see what is on your face. That's why the Bible says in the book of James, be a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. If any man is a hearer, not a doer, he's like a man that looks at his face in a glass, and he goes away and forgets what kind of person he is. But when you look into the Word and you see, you make the adjustments immediately. Like if you come here to the river on Sunday morning and the Word is being preached and you see something that needs to be adjusted, don't just nod your head and say, okay, that's something needs to change and I want to change and it's changing before I leave the, church, the service. That means you're looking into the Word and you're allowing the Word of God to bring about a transformation in your life. His Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. His Word is the rock on which you stand. His Word is the very foundation on which your life is built. And the winds may blow. A Category 5 hurricane can come, but your house will stand because the foundation is sure. And that's what we're going to make sure of for every member here at the River Tampa Bay Church. Whatever is coming in the next year or two or three or four or five, it doesn't matter because you're going to be on a firm foundation. Everybody say a firm foundation. Say this off to me, I am on a firm foundation. A firm foundation does not listen to outside nonsense. The winds can blow. Storms can come. But the house will stand. I prophesy over every single one of you. can blow. The storms can come, but your house will stand. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Someone said, what are you doing, Pastor? Nothing, just having a look. I don't have to be doing something. This is my Sunday morning stroll. A firm foundation, which is the Word of God, which will carry you through every storm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think many times people change what they believe because they look to be popular. They want to be in the in crowd. The in crowd is going this way, so, oh yeah, well, we just follow. No, I'm not following that way. That's the wrong way. I'm going this way. Well, you're going to go all by yourself. That's fine. I'm already on a path. I'm already on a journey. Hallelujah. This is, this is more important. This is very important what I'm saying here right now. Because I've watched people over the years come and go, and I've watched them come to nothing, all because of the very thing I'm talking about right now. And it all comes about because of arrogance. When you come to a place where you feel like you've arrived spiritually and you don't need to listen to anybody else anymore, are you with me? Pride comes before fall. And that's what happens. That's why we've got to stay humble. We have to stay teachable. Now, I know when I walk around like this, people look at me like, oh, he means me. I didn't mean anybody. I'm just walking around looking. Don't take it personally. But as my wife said earlier, if the cat's fur is getting rubbed the wrong way, let the cat turn around. I'm just taking a Sunday morning stroll. But this is important. Because we want you to make it. We want you to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Very important. One thing I know, God's Word is true. His Word is true. When I open the Word of God, I don't doubt anything. When I open His Word, I don't look at it as like a book of arguments. Isn't that amazing? Some people, every time, the only thing they can do is argue Scripture. I just go, you've lost me, bro. <laughs> you sit here arguing with yourself. I put a mirror up, you can argue with yourself, and I'm going off somewhere else. I've got something else to do. I'm not going to sit and argue with you. We can discuss it, but I, I'm not spending hours of you trying to talk me out of what God, I already know. I already know healings for today. I already know the power of the Holy Spirit and tongues and all. You want me to come and argue about tongues? What are you, smoking Hunter Biden's crack pipe? What in the world? How many times have you been vaccinated? A firm foundation causes you to be unshakable, immovable. Right. And I see this coming unglued in the time we're living in because ministers don't even know what the Bible says.
preachers don't even know what the Bible says. They shouldn't even be in the ministry. They shouldn't even be in the pulpits. They don't know how to give a defense even when they put under fire. I would stand and give a defense when I was 13 years of age with a local pastor. You've heard the story before. The pastor of the little town that we were at, that's uh, Church of Oh My God. And he was probably 10 years older, maybe 12 years older than me. I'm 13, so he's in his 20s. And he would hang out, come to the house and stuff like that. And we'd fly model airplanes or whatever he had as a hobby. And, and so he's talking to me. And we were talking about healing. And I said, well, healing is for today. He said, no, it's not. I said, healing is for today. He said, no, God might want to just put sickness on some people to teach them a lesson. I said, well, that's stupid. Some people have been sick for 30 years. What does that mean? They're just dumb. They can't learn the lesson. Hello. I said, the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. The Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So he didn't agree with me. He was mad. I told him he couldn't read. I was 13 years old. I said, you can't read, obviously. It's in the Bible. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above the Father of lights. So he got up and stormed out of the house. The very next day, I was supposed to go to school. I was covered in spots. I don't know what it was, measles, chicken pox, who knows? I'd had all that stuff. So guess what? Three o'clock in the afternoon, he walks into the house with a smirk on his face. I'm sitting there, and he, he walks in and says, I came in to find out how the sick and the diseased are. That's supposed to be my pastor. And I just looked at him and smiled. I said, oh, no, these spots, this is not for me. This is for you, because if you won't believe the truth, God will send a delusion on you. You believe a lie. And he stomped his foot, turned around, and went out and slammed the door and left. And I locked myself in my bedroom and prayed for five hours. The next day, there was no spots, and everything was gone. But I had to give a defense. I had to give a defense. I was under attack by one of the pastors in the town, the small town where we are. And he was friends of the family, but he was mad at me. Because he thought that the spots came to prove his doctrine. Your sickness has got nothing to prove any doctrine other than the thief comes, but a steel can and destroy it. But Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you've got to be established in these things, especially now that we're living in. They're coming up with new things that are being cooked in the labs. There's new viruses that are going to be released. I'm telling you, you haven't seen anything yet. I already know what's coming. Listen. But you better be firmly established on the Word of God. Are you with me? God will carry you through. I said he will carry you through. He'll bring you through to the other side. You will not be moved. You will not be shaken. His Word will sustain you. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, I will not be moved. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm bringing this forth here to reinforce it so that you don't have to worry about what God's Word says because some preacher gets on television and says they're throwing away all their books. Many of them need to throw everything away because they closed the church down. They actually opened their churches to be vaccination sites. They actually encouraged their congregation to get vaccinated. Not only are they vaccinated, they twice vaccinated and twice boosted. And they will do whatever the high priest 
Fauci says. They'll do it. Fauci is their shepherd they will not want. Much PPP has been given unto them. All of this nonsense came about because the church felt they were going to die. Oh, we, we, just, we just love people, and, and because of it, we, we just need to close down because people would die. What a bunch of nonsense. You should hear what they're planning. But they are failing and will continue to fail because it's the hour of the body of Christ. It's the hour of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ rising up with power and signs and wonders and miracles and marching through the land to set the captives free to win the lost, to bring in the great harvest of souls. Why? Because Jesus is coming very, very soon. But we're not running this thing. We're not flying the flag at half-mast. We're flying the flag full-mast, bold, on fire, radical, right into heaven. We're going out in a blaze of glory. Can you say amen? We're not going out shivering somewhere, hiding somewhere. My wife already started mentioning some of these things. I mean, the fact that God watches of his word to perform it. Not only does he watch of his word to perform it, He's there to make sure that every word he said comes to pass in your life. Every promise in the book is yours. Every promise in the book is yours. All we have to do is believe. And all we have to do is receive. And it's all by faith. By faith, we activate the promises of God, which are yea and amen. And then not only does he watch of his word, he took his word and he put his name above his word. So I'm going to back up everything I've said. I'm just looking for people that will believe it. If they believe it, I'm going to back it up. They will never be ashamed. The righteous will never be ashamed. The righteous will never, ever be let down. The righteous will never uh, arrive with an embarrassing look on their face because God of heaven and earth deserted them in their time of trouble. He said, call unto me. I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. I will deliver you. I will honor you, you that have put me first in your life, you that have put my word first place in your life. You watch what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to brag about you. Oh, yes. He knows where you live. I said he knows exactly where you live. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He'll come right to your house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just see the Lord equalizing every person in this place, bringing you under subjection to the Word of God and the Word of God being the plumb line, the Word of God being that which will sustain you through whatever the enemy has already planned is neutralized 
it's already, <laughs> it's already brought to nothing. Can you say amen? Yeah. He watches of his word to perform it. He's sitting right now watching of his word to perform it. Get ready for a miraculous, supernatural intervention of God in your life this very week. This very week. This very week. It's the power of God just moving across this field right now. Bringing you out, bringing out, bringing you out of those circumstances. The view around your house is about to change. Come against every lie of hell, against the minds of God's people, I break it. Those thoughts that come like a barrage, like a machine gun that's coming against your, your mind. I break it in Jesus' name. I break it off of you. I speak to the word that's already on the inside of you. I command that word to rise up, to counteract that which the enemy's been trying to do, thoughts that have been coming against you. You foul devil of hell. You lying devil of hell. Your power is broken. Right now, I see bands breaking off of people's minds, not only for those here, but those watching in your homes. Right now, like a, just like a, a band snapping off. Right now, all those stupid thoughts that have no foundation within the Word of God is being broken off of you. The Word of God is discerning <laughs> between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Yes, the mind, the joints, and the marrow. It's broken. 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 It's broken right now. It's broken by the power of the blood of Jesus. It's broken. You shall live and not die and show forth the glory of God. You shall live and not die and show forth the glory of God. You will accomplish heaven's purpose and plan for your life. You shall not fail. You're not going under. You'll not go bankrupt. The Lord shall sustain you. God will sustain you. His words shall sustain you. Many of you are yet already today because of the hand of God sustaining you. If the enemy had his way, you would have been gone already. The very fact that you're sitting here on this day in the month of July in 2022 means that the hand of God has sustained you up to this moment. But the same hand of the Lord that has sustained you up to this moment will carry you all the way into glory. 
and you shall go from glory unto 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 glory. Everybody say a firm foundation. Just stomp your feet right now. Say a firm foundation. I mean, these preachers are dissecting the Word of God. They're saying that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the words of Jesus were too harsh. And so they should be included under the old covenant because he was just too rough with people. Some of them even say that the apostle Paul was backslidden. That's why he said certain things. So certain parts of Galatians was when he was backslidden. The other part was when he was back on fire for God. You lying devil. Every word of God is pure. And every word that Jesus spoke is important for us today. And Paul was not backslidden. Thank you very much. So you say, Pastor, what's going to be the end of some of these people? I'm telling you what's going to happen. They're going to move towards inclusionism. They'll be performing same-sex marriages before it's all said and done. And there'll be 57 genders in the church. And there'll be anybody's going to heaven and they'll even tell you that Lucifer one day will be saved because it's called ultimate reconciliation. And that's where it's going to go. That's where this wokeness is going. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the point that man wants to die, after that, the judgment. And that's how plain it is. But that's not the good news. The good news is it doesn't have to be that way. When you repent and you come to Jesus and you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, I'm a sinner, I need you. Please save me. He comes and he saves you and he washes you clean and sets you free and your whole life is different and he comes and lives on the inside of you and he puts his joy on the inside of you and you're so happy you can't shut up and you have to go tell everybody and you become a blab of mouth and you've got to win souls everywhere you go and everybody says to you to calm down and you say, no, I'm not calming down. I'm going to get louder. Somebody said, you're embarrassing me. So I'm going to really embarrass you even more. Because when you served the devil, you served him with every fiber of your being. Some of you went to prison. Some of you did every kind of thing imaginable. But now that you serve God, you serve him with every fiber of your being and you do everything that needs to be done. When you served the devil, you were not ashamed of the devil or his ways, and you trumpeted it and told everybody you served the devil and even rejoiced over the fact that you were going to hell. But now you trumpet the fact that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that you've been washed in the blood, that you are redeemed, and that your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and that you're going to take as many people with you before you leave the earth. And you have a firm foundation, and it's God's, it's God's Word. Can you say amen? Now, I'll continue with this tonight and, and finish up on Wednesday night. But let's pray right now. I want you to close your eyes. And you that are watching by way of television around the world, I want to give an invitation. Only people moving right now, the workers, please. I want to give an invitation for those that have come here today and fit into any one of these categories and you say, Pastor, I came here today, I heard about the river. I've never given my life to Jesus, but today I feel the Lord calling me. I realize that I've never been on any foundation, but today I want to make the foundation. I want to make Jesus my foundation. Today I want to surrender my life to him. I want to say, yes, Lord, 
He stands with arms right open and he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He calls you, he says, Come. Will you come to him today? Will you say, Lord, save me? He will come and he will save you, and your life will never be the same again. Jesus stands and says, Come. Will you hear his voice? Will you hear him call you, even you that are watching in your homes by television? Will you hear him call you today? He says, come. He loves you. Maybe you're in this place or you're watching in your homes and you gave your life to the Lord in days gone by, but you've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should. And maybe it's something to do along the lines of the foundation. You had no foundation. You grew cold. You allowed the things of the world to come in. You lost that first love, that passion. But today you say, you know, I'm coming back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. He calls you now. Maybe it's something hidden that no one could see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things. But today you say, I'm coming back. Maybe it's something outward that everyone could see. And the devil's used that against you as a condemnation to tell you that you're not worth anything. God doesn't really care. But he's a liar. The devil's a liar. God cares. And he loves you. The very fact that you're here today means he's calling you. Will you surrender your life afresh to him today and say, yes, Lord, I come back. Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we described. Maybe it's a storm that came against your life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. It knocked the very breath out of your life. But today you say, you know, I'm coming back. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Today is going to restore to you even the wasted years, the years that the locusts have eaten, the caterpillar, the canker worm, and the palm worm, today will restore back to you. Will you say, yes, Lord, I give my life to you afresh today. He will come. If you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. Will you do that today? Will you say, yes, Lord Jesus? Maybe it's not hidden or outward or storm. Because people go through storms, sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, an illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. These things hit people, knock them off center. But you say, I'm coming back. You that are watching in your homes, God's speaking to you right now. Today is your day of salvation. Maybe you're watching or you're here today and you say, Pastor, I love the Lord, but I don't have the assurance. I'm not, I'm not convinced that I'm a child of God. I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'd like to know that I know that I know, but I'm, I don't. But today, I want to know that I know that I know I am a child of God. If this is you right now, right where you are, quickly, put your hand up. Say, pray for me right now. I need Jesus. Put it up high and say, yes, Lord. Yes. Thank you. Raise up high. All across the field. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Right at the back. Slip it up high. And say, yes, that's me. Today is my day. I'm coming home today. I'm falling in love with Jesus today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on a firm foundation today. Anybody else? Quickly, just slip it up high and say, yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. 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 I want everybody to look at me, if you can find me. I'm back over here. If you can find me, look at me. In this section, if you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, put your hand up right now and say, include me. Thank you. Anybody else? Anyone else? What about in the center section? You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Put your hand up right now and say, include me. Anybody else? 
Thank you. Anybody else? Another hand back there. Anybody else? Step it up high. What about this section over this side? I've seen your hands already. Anybody else? I want every person to raise your hand. I want you to stand all across the field, please. Just stand to your feet. I want you to come down to the front. We're going to pray together. Come. Come now. Come. To follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You can take the whole world. But give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Wonderful Jesus. I want you to look at me. We're going to pray one prayer for us all. If you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. You in your homes, as we pray with them, you pray with us. I want you to close your eyes right now. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this together with me right now. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess 
Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift both hands to heaven. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them. Use them to impact this generation, we pray. I come against every attack of the enemy off of their life, any addiction. I break it. I break it in Jesus' name. I break every curse. I set them free. And he who is the Son sets free is free indeed. And I pray this now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.